We've just sung one of my favorite songs in all the world. A song of hope, peace, joyful anticipation, and looking forward to something greater than this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. You and I and all who have ever lived on this planet Earth, we realize that we're going to be here for a while, but not for a long while. Well, it may seem long time in many years, but it soon comes to an end. We will have a physical ending to our life. But let us always remember that as children of God, we have a greater life for eternity ahead of us. And our eternal life is being determined by how we live our physical life here on earth. If I desire to live with God in heaven forever, and I'm sure all of us do, or we wouldn't be here today, then I must follow his requirements to get to eternity. That means that I will not let this physical world take me on a detour away from God's way. I will not follow the path that the world is taking. I will focus my heart, my soul, my mind, my being on following God's will for my life so that I will let it guide me in my life. I will not let my job interfere with my eternity. I will not let my pleasure interfere with my eternity. I will not let my education, my friends, my society, or entertainment, or the environment in which I live, direct my life. You see, the world wants to control our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, and the way we live our lives every day. And it shows up in our actions. I've noticed in my life, and so have you, if you're going to a place that you've never been before, and you're driving, you depend upon some way to show you the way, don't you? I still like to use a look at a map. Most of you modern folks use a GPS. And you turn that GPS on, and you follow it precisely. In one half mile, turn right. Then go three miles and turn left on the highway, whatever it is. You follow that journey because you know it's leading you exactly the way you want to go. It takes you in the correct position. As a result of that, we get there, but you realize that while you're doing that, how are you traveling? You're traveling by faith. Maybe you're on a road you've never been before. You don't know what the conditions are going to be. But the GPS says, this is the way you are to go. And so you follow that. And you follow it by faith. In our physical lives, we understand that. When you go to the doctor to have surgery, he puts you to sleep. You have faith that he's going in the right direction. Everything you do is by faith. We need to appreciate that about our spiritual lives. I am on a spiritual journey that will end physically. I need to appreciate that there's a destination ahead of me. You see, the Hebrews writer said in Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27, it is appointed in the man once to die. And after that, the judgment. In the final sermon that Jesus gave, he told us about the destinations of eternity. And in chapter 25 of Matthew, verse number 46, he says there are two eternal destinations. Everlasting punishment or life eternal. Every one of us is on that journey 
And there are two ways that every one of us will end in one of those ways. Therefore, I must choose in my physical life the right, correct route to follow if I want to go to heaven. And I'll do that by appreciating the fact that God's way has always been right. God has never made a mistake. That's contrary to the very nature of God. We have difficulty accepting that sometimes. We want to argue with God. Oh, we don't say it that way, but, well, I think it would be all right to go this way. Or, what's so wrong with going that way? But when I understand that God has given me a map that is perfectly directing me to the place that I want to go, then why will I not follow that map? God's way has always been right and always will be right. Today in our lesson, I want us to focus our hearts and minds and thoughts on that very thing. The proper steps that we should take on our road and destination to eternity. You know as well as do I. The Bible tells us that there are two eternal places all human beings will end up. In heaven or in hell. One eternal joy and peace and bliss. One eternal destruction and devastation. When you sit there and think about that, the choice is easy, isn't it? I want to be on God's way. Going the way that, that I can be in God forever. And so I want to mention this morning several things about how we're to walk in our pilgrim journey. As the, as we, the steps we take to a journey to eternity, our first step is I will keep the world behind me. Turn me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. I'll give you time to write that down. I will keep the world behind me. The verse is very familiar to you. John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, you can't travel two directions at the same time and get the same destination. For all that is in the world, and he spells it out for us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father. Its source is the world. Why would you want to do that? Verse 17, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But, contrast, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. When I stake that three-verse passage right there and think about it for a moment. Which road do I want to follow? The choice should be pretty easy, shouldn't it? I wish the world would understand that. I wish more and more people that I know and you know would understand that and appreciate that. With this in mind, my focus cannot be on the here and now. I must focus on forever, eternity. We're all old enough to realize that we're not going to be here forever. Those of us that are 70s and beyond appreciate that more and more every day, don't we? Therefore, we're looking forward, not backward. I can't change the past. I can't go back and travel that road again, good or bad. But the road I'm on now, I must make sure I'm focused on exactly the right way. That means I will put the world in my rearview mirror. I will not allow myself to become enslaved and entrapped in this world. 
Paul said this in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. He says, be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world take you and mold you and make you after its will. But rather, conform yourself to the will of God. Follow His will in your life. That way you know you're on the right path. James asks a question in James chapter 4, verse, four, verse number 4. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? You are at war with God if you are a friend of the world. In other words, you're going on the right, the wrong direction, aren't you? Moses is a great example. There are many Old Testament examples. As you read the Old Testament, you see so many people who are faithful in the Old Testament for year after year after year. Moses was a great follower of this principle in his life. He led the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness, in the desert, every day moving on to a different place, to the land of peace and rest, the land of promise that he had not seen. The Hebrews writer records in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25, choosing not to suffer affliction, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I hope all of us take a greater appreciation of what that means in our lives. Oh, the beauty of this world is so fascinating, and all this looks like so much fun and so much good, and I can have so much entertainment, and all these things will be so good for me. But when we live that self-centered life, you see, we're focusing on the world more than we are eternity. And that is devastating to us all. Those people who were faithful to God followed that pilgrimage for 40 years, not knowing what the next day would bring. Their hearts were set on that place of paradise in the promised land, and they lived their lives to that fulfillment. Let us daily keep our hearts and our minds and our deeds focused on our heavenly goal where I want to be a million years from now. Do not let Satan or any of his scribes or of his traditions pull you away and detour you from that goal. Jesus said it this way to challenge us in Luke chapter 9, verse number 62. He says, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Back in the old days before tractors, I remember watching my grandfather had a push plow. And he was pushing to make those rows straight. He wasn't doing like this all the time. He was focusing on the marker he had set at the end of that row. hundred feet away, he's pushing straight toward it. That's exactly the way I want to go. I don't want to deviate here or there. We need to focus our hearts just as that farmer focuses his plow on the destination Paul says that this reign, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2, he said, Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Focus your mind, your heart, your deeds on doing God's will. And then in verse number 5, he says, Mortify, put to death what is earthly in you, according to the English Standard Version. I love it. Put to death what is earthly in you. Oh, that's a challenge for us every minute we live, isn't it? But how beautiful a challenge it is because of the promise that we await. The toils of the road will seem nothing when we get to the end of the way. As I journey to eternity, number two, I will keep the cross on my back. As I mentioned this morning, I want to make this lesson very personal. It's all about me and my responsibility 
and also the privilege I have of being God's child. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 24. Jesus said unto them, his disciples, I'll wait till you get there. I want you to look at the words. This is individual and personal. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I think the two most important words in that, vo- in that verse are deny himself. That's hard to do, isn't it? That's why Satan's after you all the time. Bill, if it feels good, do it. The phrase of today, do your own thing. Make your own rules. Make your own choices. That's not self-denial. That's self-acceptation. I rule the world. I want to do what my thing is. Jesus very plainly reminds us there is only death and destruction in following that path. I will keep the cross on my back just as Jesus did. John chapter 19, verse number 17 John there records that Jesus, bearing his own cross, went to the place of the skull called Golgotha. Jesus bore his own cross. Finally, he fell under the weight of the cross, and others had to finish it. But he spent every breath he had bearing his cross, knowing the horror that awaited him, but also knowing and accepting the joy and peace that he could bring to all of us who would follow his will. You and I do not physically bear a physical cross on our backs, as Jesus did. But we bear the burden of the temptations, the trials, the toils, the tribulations of this world. The world is full of trouble, distress, horror, agony. Sometimes there are persecutions in our lives because we try to live our lives as Christians. The world laughs and scoffs at us. Oh, you're one of those foolish people that believes that there's a God, that there's a heaven somewhere. That's exactly right. I'll live it and say it every day till I die. And I will bear the burden of this world regardless of the consequences and regardless of the cost. When we appreciate And that's why we take the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day morning. To remind us of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me and for you. That I could have eternal salvation. I come to a deeper appreciation of how much He loves me. And as a result of that, I will be willing to bear my cross in this world regardless of what it is. You do not know what tomorrow's cross will bring to you. I do not know what tomorrow's cross will bring to me. That's not the point. The point is, will I challenge myself to accept by faith God's blessing in my life and will for my life to bear it, regardless of what the circumstances may be. Therefore, I will be willing to face 
anything and everything that Satan would ever cast against me. Jesus bore his cross knowing that he would die. I also bearing my cross knowing that if the world exists much longer, I will physically die. But every faithful cross-bearing Christian has the same eternal promise from heaven. If we will bear our cross, we will be rewarded eternally by the God of our fathers. Thirdly, as we journey to eternity, I will keep my Bible in my hand. I will keep my Bible in my hand. Turn me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. You're familiar with this verse. For the word of God is quick. That means it's alive. It's not a dead book. Every history book you've ever read is dead. It tells you what happened in the past, but it says nothing about the future. The word of God is alive. And it is quick. Always present. Powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner, it is a judge of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. A big, strong, powerful sword can be pierced right through my physical body. Only has to go about seven or eight inches. And it will destroy my body. It can cut it up to thousands of pieces. That body will be destroyed. When I will absorb the sword of the Word of God into my heart from a positive spiritual standpoint, look what it does for me. It separates my soul from my spirit. Bill, yes, you're a physical being, but you're a spiritual being. This Word penetrates my heart so that I can know to make good choices and right decisions. What the intents of my heart are to follow the will of God. To live my life for Him as best I can in this sin-filled world. That's why this word is so powerful for me. You see, a sword physically kills you. But the spiritual sword of God enlivens you to physical, spiritual life forever. That's why I need this Bible in my hand. So many verses in the Bible remind us of this. Psalm 119, verse number 11, the psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a life unto my pathway. Here's a challenge for you this week. Longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm chapter 119. It has 176 verses. In 171 of those verses, there's a mention of the Word of God. He'll use words such as laws, will, commandments, those things like that. Go in your Bible and underline in Psalm 176. There are five verses that don't mention the Word of God, but all 171 of them do. You see the focus on God's Word in my heart? If you just want a quick Bible reading every day, turn to Psalm 119 and read one verse anywhere in it. 
And you'll find the courage and the strength to realize, I need God's word in my life today, not any other time. You see, the Bible is a source of infinite, perfect truth. It validates what is right. It always has. It always will. Therefore, I can never go wrong when I follow God's will in my life. A road map, I can look at it and maybe say, well, I don't think it's that way. I think I won't go the other way and be wrong. My guess is a GPS can make a mistake. Directions a friend may give me may be right, they may not. God's word has never been wrong. From the beginning, in the beginning, God created, spoke into existence from nothing, this heavens and this earth. In the next to last verse of the Bible, Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. Today, tomorrow, 10,000 years from now, I don't know, but I know it's a true thing. And therefore, I want to follow God's will in my life as accurately as I can. God's will will always take me in the right direction. God's will will always take me away from Satan and what is wrong. Therefore, I need this book every day in my life. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. 1 Peter 5, verse number 8. Peter said, be sober. Don't allow yourself to be drunken by the filthiness of this world. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. Keep your mind open. Keep your heart open. Why? Because your adversary, your enemy, is the devil. Oh, he looks like he's sneaking up on you as a nice little kitty cat. He's a roaring lion. He doesn't want to be petted. He wants to devour you. Don't forget that. That's his purpose in living. He's got most of the world. He wants the rest of us. And he will not quit. He will not give up as long as we're living. Therefore, I need to understand. I want God's book by my side. I want to hold it firmly. Yes, in my hand. But in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, and with all my strength, I will do just that. Sometimes we sing that song, hand in hand we walk with Jesus every day. Think about that. How wonderful it is to have that close communication and association with our Savior and Redeemer every day. Be thankful for that. What a blessing that is to us and what a wonderful thought that is for us every day. Next, every day I live, I will keep heaven in my view. I'm sorry, let's, let's go back to, uh, I will keep, keep the Lord on my side. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 10. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 10, I'm sorry. As you walk in this valley of tears, you're not going to be by yourself. Colossians 1.10 That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
You see, when you're following a GPS or a road map, you refer to it frequently to make sure that you're on the right road, don't you? And when you look at it and you get the positive affirmation, this is the right thing to do. That's where I need to be. So it is when I have Jesus by my side every day. I can compare His Word and His will to where I am and what I'm doing. If I see that I've varied, I realize that the Word didn't move. It was me that moved. It was I that moved and I need to go back on the right track. And when I keep the Lord by my side every day with my every thought and action and deed, that helps me to be closer to Him. You mommies, these little babies, six weeks old, two and three months old, you want to be with them all the time, don't you? You're there to help them. You want what is best for them. Whatever it takes, that's what you're going to do for them. That's what it is with Jesus. That's what He wants in our lives. And that's why we need to say, I want to be by Jesus' side all the time. I walk with a Savior each step of the way. I trust Him to guide me by night and by day. We understand that, don't we? And He has promised that He will never lead us or take us away from Him. Next, every day I live, I will keep heaven in my view. There's a wonderful thought, isn't it? Turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20. Paul says, for our conversation, King James says, the word translates citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You see, my physical being has an end, a finite end at my physical death, whenever that may be. So does yours. But when my body is gone, physically, my spiritual body is still in existence. It has an eternal existence. And as a child of God, you see, I understand. Yes, my citizenship is the United States, is the state of Tennessee, Camel Hamilton County. But those things will all be gone one day, or I'll be gone one day. But I have a spirit that has a citizenship. And I'm so thankful it's in heaven. That means now and forever, I can be in the blessed place where God is. What a way to live in God's presence. Oh, and uh, what a way to die. In God's presence. What a way to spend eternity. In the presence of the eternal, almighty, loving God. Who gave His Son for our sins. Yes, we travel a long road in this life. We don't know what all the difficulties and challenges yet may be. But I know this. The toils of the road will seem nothing when I get to the end of the way. I want to keep heaven in my view. Thinking about it every day. My feeble little finite mind cannot comprehend it all yet. But can you imagine what it would be 
when you open your eyes in eternity. In the presence of the wonderful God who created it all. And He created me. Skinny, physical, ugly little me. But in me He produced an image forever. The same with you. Why will I not keep heaven in my view? And I'll do that by living my life the way God's Word that He has given for me for that purpose will send me. As we stand to sing the song of invitation, is heaven in your view? If your life were to cease right now, my guess is every one of us knows in this room where our destination would be, positively or negatively. If your view in your life right now is a realization that I'm not right with God, you need to make a change, don't you? Because you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repent of your sins. Confess His deity. Be baptized in water to rise free from sin on the way to heaven. Newness of life. Was a child of God who has wandered away, you have the opportunity to come back today, repent of those sins, confess them. And once again, you can be on that journey to eternity. If may assist you in doing that, let it be known by coming to the front as together we stand and sing this song.